Hello and welcome to the NDA podcast. It's always Media Thursday with me, Justin Pierce, the editor, and also me, Andy Oakes, the publisher. Andy Oakes, the publisher, is isn't in the studio as normal. Andy Oakes, the publisher, is sitting at home, feeling sorry for himself. Why, Andy? Uh, because I have damaged my Achilles tendon and I'm on crutches and I'm a mess. Such a shame. We feel for you. It, Although it is it, at the same time we don't care. I'm getting that. I'm getting that. Yeah. So anyway, we're back. It's always been a Thursday weekly kind of sometimes weekly podcast. Focus on the ins and outs and goings on in the digital media and marketing industry. And as is traditional, I start our podcast by saying, Andy, so what's been going on this week? Well, I've been mostly high on painkillers this week. So, uh, so for me, it's been fantastic. What I can talk about what happened last week before Anklegate. Yeah, um, and it was the very excellent uh, media media leader event the year ahead, which, as always, brings the great and the good together to look at. Well, the title's fairly self-explanatory, <laughs> but a superb bit of programming, I thought, by uh, Steve Scafardi, uh, Omar and the, and the team over there. Always excellent. Great people on stage. And they did. They pulled a last minute blinder because the train strikes happened again. And they managed to get a live stream up, which was excellent. There was our amazing events as we always gone about media events. We had Steve on on last week's podcast, which kind of was last week, if it was last year. So what was your favourite talk? I didn't manage to catch any of it of train strikes, and I totally missed even the, the virtual version. Um, as always, some great panels. I mean, they're looking at the key themes for next year. As ever, there's, there's a lot to talk about brand safety. There's a lot of talk about trust in media uh, and how... A, some of the larger media feels the urge to rebuild that trust they they feel they've lost possibly and that advertisers are desperate for them to regain across the year uh there was a lot of talk about sustainability mm-hmm. which i think we're, we're only going to hear more and more of this year mm-hmm. uh and there's some fantastic stuff about the talent issues we're facing this year uh, i was particularly interested here from our old friend uh frank Cowan from twitch who, as ever, was excellent, um, and I believe a last-minute standard. Talent this year is going to be really fascinating because you talk to a lot of people, and the, the looming recession or you know bad economic times could actually play a helpful role in sort of tempering, you know, crazy waste, wage inflation, all that sort of thing. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. It's, it's we talked about sort of talent for the last twenty years. So it's always an issue in the industry, but I think yeah, it's putting a real sharp relief at the moment. Absolutely, I was talking to one of our contacts. Uh, only yesterday and she was telling me that they are picking up a huge amount of staff from companies who overhired um sort of spring last year who have subsequently had to let a lot of those people go uh so there's there's that going on um as ever it's sort of the cautious people who didn't go mad seem to be picking up the, the staff and you know there are still plenty of jobs out there, there are. Yeah, in uh, in ad tech land and media world so Yes, some people are laying people off, but lots of companies are still hiring. Exactly. Now, it's going to be a good year ahead. I mean, I guess we could talk about Christmas, but I don't think we should because Christmas is finished. Uh, well, it hasn't, has it, for you today? I mean, not really. I mean, let's say it has because Christmas is done. Easter's next. Let's talk about Easter. Have you got any plans for Easter? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm literally not planning anything until I can start walking again. Okay. Um, well, I think so, it's, you know, it's got a bright future in the digital media marketing industry, but we can leave uh, that until... Are we going to headline this one? The Andy Oaks Misery Special? <laughs> yeah. 
Right, well, let's, let's move away from you because you are quite miserable today. Uh, on to, we've got another, as usual, amazing special guest. And this time, because guest is in the studio with me while you're sitting at home being grumpy, which is kind of a, a turnaround, which is quite nice. So uh, it's Rob Blake, MD of Channel Factory. Uh, so we're going to chat to Rob about sort of the usual sort of rambling rubbish and also find a bit more about what's going on at Channel Factory itself. So Rob, hi, welcome. Hello, happy new year to everyone. Sorry to hear about your leg, Andy. I'm sure we're about to hear about it for the next six years on Twitter. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I saw you posted it wow. yesterday. I was tempted to comment yeah. on it, but I didn't. Um, Thanks, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Be Mean to Andy special, everyone. Yeah, I think so. We could turn it into this, couldn't we? Let's all pick on Andy session. So let's, I, I quite like this idea, yeah. Let's make it a special. <laughs> yeah. So let's hear a bit about what you are. I mean, look, we're in January, it's the start of the year. You just said Happy New Year, which I think we've got to stop doing soon. But well, So what were your, let's talk about 2023. What was your, what your sort of personal and professional highlights of the year? Um, I think there's a number of things, really. Um, getting, I think, surviving Q4 unscathed with a liver intact was probably <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> one of my big uh, wins, I think, this year. Especially last year, I think everyone had, you know, they had a horrendous fallout from from that should, that well, I will not name. And then this year, it seemed to be the events reminded me of a lot of weddings and like old friends meeting up. It seemed to be yeah. like quite quite an interesting. I, I think all the events that were done uh, last year were were brilliant, and I think it it you could see the fun coming back to it. So, I think um, expanding the business. So one of the big things we've done this year is open an office in Manchester, an office in London. And expand that. So two new offices from a personal perspective. Um, and then that always comes challenges of getting culture and hiring like you guys were talking about. Let me tell us about Manchester because NDA, we're expanding as well into Manchester. But we're, we're currently putting together a we're, we're putting together a roundtable in Manchester having the same time as one in London on the same subject in the same restaurant in two cities, which is quite fun. And as you know, we did the Trinity Lunch in Manchester, which you were at. So what's what's the attraction of Manchester for, for I guess for you as a business and how is it what I found fascinating when we went up there to Trinity Lunch Manchester was the although it's the same industry there are huge differences different clients different mm. teams different but you know so what was it to you Manchester I mean it, it you obviously have the similar setup of the top six from an agency perspective and clients but there's regional clients that work specifically with the localised agencies like in Manchester and Edinburgh or Birmingham, you know, wherever within those within those regions outside. I think the attraction from us is that we want to service it effectively the same as we would service any London agency and we want to do it with the local people and local knowledge. So <clears throat> I've whenever I've worked in media, we've always had business from Manchester or Newcastle, you know, wh wherever it may be outside of the M25. One of the big mistakes I've seen businesses make is they don't invest enough into, oh, okay, into putting local. a team up there, investing in supporting that, um, making it feel, you know, it's a separate business unit most of the time from the other agency, so you need to treat it that way. So I think giving it a bit of personality and, and personable customer service really is mm. really important, but most of all being local, right? So I think if someone wants to talk to you about business, it they don't want you to get on a three-hour train journey to go up the road and say hello, and then you go back down <laughs> yeah. to, to London. And everyone hates that reference when you go, well, the London agencies are doing this. So we Okay, interesting. And you don't do that mm. because you'll be hung or you'll get the, <laughs> yeah. uh, get the torches on fire and the pitchforks coming for you. So, you know, <clears throat> you've got to invest in it. It's a bit like Germany. If you go into a market... The, if you if you've launched into Germany, the, the 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 German counterparts expect you to have an office there. They expect you to have a business there, if because they don't see you taking it seriously. And I think it's the same. It's the same thing. 
Yeah, it's interesting. So what what else? Channel Factory, what's happening? What, what are you excited about this year? What's, what's coming up? Um, I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of events we're doing this year. Um, from a business perspective, it's it's for us, is you know, one of my big big challenges is when you onboard a number of a lot of people is you've got to create a really good culture for the team and a great experience for clients. So it's getting people up to speed, really, and understanding how to engage with our product, how, how clients can engage with our team and uh, empowering them. So one of the, the, the great things I love doing with teams is, I like putting people outside their comfort zone, right? I think it's, uh, you know, everyone says on their LinkedIn profile that they're problem solvers and can do all this stuff. So I always call them out on it. So when someone comes to me and says, Rob, what do we do here? I was like, well, you know, your CV profile says you're a problem solver and can do this. So, And I think one of the things in media, um, it was interesting when you were talking about, I think, in relation to people within the agencies and the hiring We've lost a lot of really experienced people in this market. I think like, what I've seen from agencies and they've been gobbled up by vendors or they've they've or, left or the industry. Big tech, tech firms, Facebook, at all. yeah, exactly. Uh, and or they've left the industry. Some of them like they're just mm. like I don't want to do this anymore. And I think some of that is we haven't necessarily helped, coached, worked, mentored. You know, media media's been great to me. I've been in it for over twenty years. I love working in it. And um, I was saying the other day, I really felt. When, when I was a young whippersnapper going into agencies, they used to school you, right? So if you go in and you p- would present something, you're trying to sell them a, you know, a campaign or you're trying to sell them a product, they would give you really dynamic feedback of why they wouldn't buy it. Not just like, get out, please, we're not interested in it. And I think that works because it builds the relationships between you and the, the agency, but also it gives you an education. So, you know, don't come in here and present rubbish. Come in here with something to say, but giving good feedback. So I think there's a development part for everyone that we need to do in terms of not say make media great again we, we'll get the hats on yeah. for that one <laughs> but i do think we're in a brilliant industry and we need to invest in people more effectively and train and coach them i think everyone's gone through this like madness of the two years i mean difficult i can't imagine what it would have been like being on my own in a flat during lockdown i was like well let me tell you <laughs> <laughs> what's it like <laughs> it, it's just like lockdown all over again yeah it it's miserable. It's cold. <laughs> no, I mean, it's oh, I, Andy and I always talk about this. I mean, it's hard to get away from the the challenge of entering the industry. If you're young and you're working in a one bedroom flat or shared house, and mm. you're not out at doing the stuff that all three of us have done for the last twenty years, going to parties and going to agencies and meeting amazing people, and how do you build a career? So, what? Um, back to Andy's comments, you know, about the fact there are jobs out there and things are sort of picking up. It seems, even though mm. bad times ahead. How do you think? How are people going to get? over this they've missed two years of that essential training that we, we all had yeah i think it's a really difficult situation i think we have to invest in the, i think first of all we have to identify that there's a there's a massive problem i think we're, we're there's, there's a bit of a denial going around i think that we lived through covid and no one's come out with any mental scarring and i think that's completely not true <clears throat> i know i mean i've got two teenage daughters and uh one of them headed off to Reading and was doing all this stuff. And I was so excited to see them actually going and having fun. Like they were ringing me. I've got pulled out the, the pit and dragged out of this. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is brilliant. <laughs> a lot of parents would have probably panicked at this point. But I was just like, they've had two years of being told to look at Google cl- Classroom, right? And mm. I think this has left a scar. They haven't done any of this stuff we've done, like drinking Cinzano and smoking cigarettes down alleys and whatever oh, at that age. What great days. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> I think we've got, we've also got, we've got, um, I think we have a uh, responsibility now where we've got a younger generation that have come through into media where from a vendor perspective, I think we should 
try and recreate some of that, educate, get people involved with the business, you know, work with agencies on uh, and clients with new starters where we can talk to them and help them. But I think there's a there's a bit of a knowledge gap in knowing, like, you know how an agency works. I know how an agency works. Some people don't. I've not seen it. And have come in. How does it fit into the media dynamic? What is a DSP? How is an SSP? What is Terence Kowaja talking about when he pulls up the Lumascape? <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone else seems to quote it. But I think there's a, it's quite simple, but I think we, we could do with just resetting and re-educating people and helping them so they know where they sit within this kind of really important area. No, I think you're totally right. So what, I mean, let's talk a bit about this, this as you say, the industry itself. It's, some, it was, it's a social industry and you were talking about events events being being brilliant last year. And again, a perennial subject for me. And I mean, this podcast is talking about events because events are the bedrock of this industry. And mm. when they went away, it was... Horrible. And they are back. They are back now. So what's your view on next year? And, and when we're in the process, we had the meeting this morning, Andy and I are talking about Cannes, what we're doing at Cannes. And, and Cannes definitely sort of so back again. So what are you seeing in terms of industry events in the year ahead? What are you excited about? What place do they have? I, th- I mean, Cannes is definitely going to be exciting. we done mm. Cannes last year. And um, I suppose the two things I noticed about Cannes was, one, it coincides in the middle of Pride, and pretty much no one acknowledged it. I was quite surprised. You, you didn't see a lot of, you, you know, a couple of vendors had some people doing something, you know, uh, pridey, as I would call it. But there wasn't really an acknowledgement, I think, much around what everyone's been heading to in terms of, like, being more conscious and being more inclusive. Um, I think that is going to be on a big theme, I think, with, with a lot of the events and, and vendors this year. You're going to see... How do we make this more inclusive, this industry? And that's got to be on part of it. Ourselves, we're going to do our normal thing at MadFest where we do, like, I know it's not all about alcohol, but we are launching the Channel Factory Arms, (laughs) so which we do every year. It's something that we've kind of got used to and people turn up for us. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more kind of, uh, there'll be a few more, I would say, intimate events where Mm -hmm. you might get smaller groups of people doing more educational events. I think... uh, also, the subject matter is going to be really interesting. I, I, that's what I'm waiting for this year. I think it, it's going to be a bit like what Andy said. I think there's going to be about people and process and resources. I think that's going to be on how do we attract the best talent? How do we retain the best talent? But also then how do we actually live what we're trying to, to, to profess? So if we're launching, well, we have been pushing the Conscious Project very, very aggressively in terms of, and I can, I can talk about it a bit later, but it's about inequality and, and how the pendulum's strung in the last kind of two mm. or three years. But something you've got to do, if you start doing that with events and things, then you have to be living that same ethos, right? So being inclusive and making sure you don't just invite the top tier of every client and that bring in the people that are actually working hard with you. So I think there's a real cross balance of the events. So I think Cannes going to be big. The Mexico wasn't one that I went to last year, so I swear. No, out. neither, neither. I think it was, it was very. Yeah, I don't think down. anyone did. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think the Mexico. I mean, Mexico is going back to its roots of being sort of very domestic German trade show, isn't it? Rather yeah. than the sort of the beast it became. But yeah, I think I, I get, feel, feel the same thing about events in the, in the coming year. But so what? Oh, just before we go on, before I forget, the, the conscious project. What, what exactly is that? Do you want to give us a bit more? So. Um, We've launched with the with the Conscious Project as well, which is a separate part. I can go on that. But what, we, what we're trying to do is educate clients to see a big more shift about becoming more conscious within their ad placement. So we as a company 
I've also got to learn to live that. What we found is we've done some research and found out on it, on average, 60% of most consumers that are buying it want to be aligned with a brand or, an, or and support that promotes the cause they're passionate about, right? So, you know, if you see a particular brand ad alongside a piece of content that does not sit with your values or your North Star, it does have an adverse effect of whether you're going to purchase or want to you know, be within within touching point of buying that product or or working with it. So we're working with like creators, diverse and inclusive to try and build out conversations about, you know, sustainability, exactly what Andy said, supporting and monetizing channels like the LGBT, Black Lives Matter that necessarily don't get any of the exposure because people feel that it's archaic. I think it's archaic planning where you know, I've seen keywords on lists that are still really ridiculous that they, they need to eradicate. And start looking and going, actually, these content producers are, are offering an amazing opportunity for us to partner with them. And we need to know that. So we're working together to really build that out. And we looked at it. We called it the three C's. So we said, like, at the beginning, you had what we would call chaos. So, like, it was there was no rules, right? The rules were in, in digital. There was no rules. And everyone just went everywhere. It was, it was madness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you moved into what I would say... Um, I'm not going to say, I'm going to be careful, but I would say it's probably cautious. So we, we call it cautious because then it went the complete polar opposite where everyone was advertised everywhere. Now it was like, no one can do anything. So now yep. just like with restriction. And now we're calling the third, I think the third stage, we're calling it as conscious because I think now you have to be smart and understand what you're doing um, and how you advertise and how you reflect and what your content and how you how you do business and how you hire it's it's much more than just saying i'm gonna support this this and that it's actually being kinder to each other it's actually being you know what we've talked about younger generation stuff and how do we reach out and help that and and underprivileged isn't just necessarily mean just one certain community or another it's there's a whole host of that that you need to be able to support so we're looking about how we can help with media wastage as well as educate within within this and the conscious project is at the core of that okay when you say media wastage help with that so what exactly do you mean so what you're looking at probably is inefficiency so if we um so if i take a step back so brand suitability as channel factory become a business because it the the challenge that there is is that you know Google. I don't want to do a sales pitch in it, but I'll just do the summary. Google, um, I think it's five hundred hours of content every minute gets loaded up onto YouTube. So that's quite a challenge for any advertiser or anyone to want to how to navigate that. What we do is re-index that content to a level and categorize it for people to understand, but put it into IAB categories. So if you because a lot of content producers within YouTube and other social media platforms self-categorize. Now, the problem that's great, it's great that you've got loads and loads of channels and loads of content, but then you've got some brands that go, actually, I'm a bit fearful of running alongside this particular guy who's going to, you know, if Andy had a YouTube channel, it could be, <laughs> could be very good or very uh, dangerous, right? Why, what do you think Andy's YouTube channel would be? Um, my poor leg. I'm more of an OnlyFans kind of guy. <laughs> I live alone with my poor leg. <laughs> well, I can't wait for that. Coming, coming soon, everyone. My poor leg, Andy's YouTube channel. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, Rob. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, and what we've done is recategorize, and then so we can work with brands and say, listen, like if you're using these in in arca- these archaic keywords, or you're fearful of these content producers, let that, us show you the data behind it and show you how this can work. And that's how we've moved on. And that's on average, we seen between twenty eight and thirty percent saving in media wastage because people are either advertising against the wrong type of content or the wrong type of context. And I guess this also kind of 
dovetails with the sustainability issue because if you're producing digital advertising that's not going anywhere, that's just contributing to the carbon footprint. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's go in and talk a bit about the year ahead because uh, it is January and <laughs> the year is ahead of us. So it's the year ahead. So what and what what are you most excited about in terms of Channel Factory? What are you going to deliver? What in terms of the industry? In terms of the opportunities? In terms of you know what, what's what's getting you excited? I think the um, for me personally is the growth and education within the market around all of the projects we're doing. So we're launching a Facebook project. We're launching a YouTube project. Um, and actually, I think this year is going to be the year when we can actually. It, there's not going to be any blockers in meeting in person. I think, you know, a me- the media business is all about relationships and networking. It's not about mm-hmm. virtual calls, emails. Yes. It's about meeting in person and, and actually doing this. So I think what I'm really looking for is, is a bigger repeat of last year. I think I want to see, you know, your event was brilliant, right? We went to your event. Yep. I think it was excellent. I think you, it's only get better. I think we didn't, we're going to do the London event, hopefully with you as well. I th- well, I don't know if we can do it in both the same places, but why not? And get someone else to do it. Yeah, you I want to be in both. Place. I can get the train up and down. Just keep, <laughs> yeah. keep it very. But I, I think if we can, we one of the focuses on that. The other thing is, um, I'm focused on the team to take a bit more, and us and people in general, to take a bit more care of themselves in health. I think we talk about, oh, it's, you know, it's about making money. Um, we want to do this. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna create world peace. We're gonna, we're gonna win everything. So Channel Factory is creating world peace. That's yeah, not a rumor. Of course, of course. Oh, phew. Thank God. Separately. But um, the big project for me is also is, is to look after our people. So I think that's something I'm also looking forward to is developing and working with the teams and and getting them to understand. I mean, I sent a big email to our team. It was like, you know, you get into Q4, it becomes a drinkathon with clients, and it's quite tough on everyone, especially me. I mean, everyone in media looks broken at the end, <laughs> end of that yeah. quarter, right? <laughs> and um, literally broken in Andy's case. Andy's so exactly. <laughs> got to keep digging him. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course. <laughs> um, but one of the things we don't often do as leaders, I think immediate, like we've, we have, I, I mean, I hate for them to cut us three open and have a look inside of what, what 20 years of media has done. Yeah, not good. Let's not do that. But no. we have a DNA and a, and a skill set that we can also go, oh, hang on a minute. We, we need, you need to not, you don't have to do this all the time. You need to look after yourself. You need to think about health. You need to think about fitness. So I think that's an important project for everyone in media to, to look forward to in a year. Like not just, this just making drinking events. It's just, Try and look out mm, for each other. Yeah. So let's take a break now. We're coming to one of our most popular segments, which is called What's on the Desk? Theme tune insert here. And this is uh, where we turn to our guests and ask them to have a look at the desk and then pick out their favourite saying or words that are written. Read it out to us. And then Andy will have a chat to you about what that means to you, what it means to the industry, what it means generally to society at large, I guess. So, I Rob, really think you're overblowing this. <laughs> what's on the desk? <laughs> right, There's lots of like, it's like a childlike. <laughs> this is like an old school desk, isn't it, basically? Don't forget to speak into your microphone. Like, it's like a, uh, like a school desk. Um, okay, so I can see a number of different graffiti handwritten drawings there's a very lovely flower here so rob over to andy to talk to you about what's on the desk the flower well rob i've always seen you as a very delicate uh man who spends a lot of time getting back to nature uh so i'm not surprised that you picked out the flower there so you know, are, are you at one with nature at the moment do you know what it's a very good point i am i think it's very important for everyone to be in nature and to uh to spend time 
What, what did the Japanese call it? Uh, forest bathing. Forest so, bathing. Really? Forest bathing. Take a walk for 40 minutes in the middle of a green woodland flowered area. They call it forest bathing. They say it's very important for your mental health. In fact, I think the government in Japan have made it part of the uh, school curriculum. Wow. Don't quote me on that. I'll be honest, I didn't see that part of the show show going there. (laughs) I I hate forests. Not in forest or just forest? Have you had it? In in lockdown, I hate forests. Anyway, enough about that. Well, thank you so much uh, to Rob. That is the end of this week's segment of What's on the Desk. Theme tune insert here. So let's now, I guess, after that important segment of our podcast move on to sort of wrapping up and rob let's talk about you know what what you we talked about what you're most excited about in the year ahead but if you can sort of highlight for us sort of through the three things that you can't wait to happen the things that you think will really make that i'm not going to say make media great again but why not use that sort of phrase <laughs> that this is really going to make we, this, we talk about problems a lot you know there's problems with talent there's problems with the, the hangover of the, of the of the you know uh, pandemic, there's a recession, but what NDA is all about is about celebrating the brilliance of digital media marketing. So what are the three things that are going to make this year incredible for our listeners? I think um, it will be really interesting to, I, I, to, from a media perspective to see the adaptation from television into CTV. So I think um, I think you're going to see this, you know, you're seeing this now. You're seeing a transition starting to really happen. I think everyone's talked about it, but I think this is going to be the big big move it's not the year of mobile it's the year, the year of ctv i think it's it's been transitioning but now you're starting to see the, the tv budgets move away into this area and i'm going to be really interested to see how the creative ex, ex, exposure because rather than just um taking a tv ad and repurposing it for uh, actually let the creativity work alongside with the content providers and the different channels to really make it interesting so i think that's going to be a really interesting growth area and you're, you're going to start to see, I think, specific agencies and creatives really push forward on that as one one area. Um, what else am I looking forward to? Getting over January, dry January, and having a beer in February. <laughs> and you're doing dry January? I am, yeah. I did that once, and it was just... All, all, all it was was a bit sadder for a month. That was it. I didn't feel any better. It was the longest January I've ever known, Rob. Uh, <laughs> I was forced to drink more just to get through Justin's sadness. <laughs> also giving up smoking. Which oh, is like the two challenges here. Well, not giving up. I have stopped smoking. I mustn't use the word giving up. Really? It's Alan Carlos. Oh, okay. Go the other way. It's got to be confirmed. So now I've told everyone I've stopped smoking. Congratulations. If anyone sees me, do not. Just snatch the cigarette out of my <laughs> mouth and say, stop it. Um, and I think the other part, um, I suppose, what's another thing I'm really looking forward to? I think I, I'm really interested to see how some of these events start to develop, develop as well that... Um, can I think is going to be interesting because can last year was great and 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 we had a great time like literally had an amazing time with a lot of great clients and 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 I think it was really quite well received I'd be really interested to see what happens this year I think there was a lot of uh, agency folk not at Cannes last year True. Yeah. Um, and there was a lot of other so it'd be good to see if that's going to be invested in by that side and I think the other, the final bit will I think everyone's sitting a bit nervously about this quarter as well so I spoke to quite a lot of clients the word of the, the R word has been spouted around but then there's also quite a lot of optimism and confidence in the market but I think a lot of people wait nervously to the end of Q1 to mm. see what's going to happen so I think they're the kind of things I'm seeing at the moment, quite short-termist, but I think uh, 
Amazing. Oh, yeah, it's just something we anyone we talk to the same thing about Q1. It's there's, there's optimism, but there's, there's nervousness, and yeah, it's it's really strange time. But we're optimistic. It's gonna be the best Q1 ever. I didn't say that. So anyway, Rob, I think we're reaching the end of our. Is the word ramble through digital media marketing? <laughs> thank you so much for being our amazing guest today. Great to see you as always, and thank look you. forward to seeing you again. Rob, thank thanks you. so much. So as Rob leaves the studio, Andy, we can finish off our ramble. Is there anything else? I can't you want ramble to say? anywhere. You can't, can you? <laughs> no, no. I'm hoping. I reckon. Oh, you you should see the crutches. I'm going to have them signed. They're, they're superb. So, Thanks, Andy. By the way. So I think we should end here because it's getting more depressing. We'll be back next depressed? week because Andy Andy's home, dying. Is it dying or just? Well, I don't think I'm dying. No. <laughs> I mean, I've got a, I've got a painful ankle. Is essentially what the issue. It's, it's, it seems a bit like dying to me. But anyway, let's end it here because poor Andy is dying. Hopefully, we'll be back next week. If Andy's still alive, if not, well, we'll, we won't be. But thank you so much for listening. It's goodbye from me, Justin Pierce, the editor, and it's goodbye from uh, me, probably for the last time, Andy Oakes, the publisher. And thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. This podcast is a New Digital Age production. New Digital Age is part of the Blue Strike Group, the communications group for the digital industry. Please go to www.bluestripegroup.co.uk for more information.